welcome to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with our host, Buddy Satello Esquire, Evan Ginsberg, Mike Leno. Do you want to introduce our guest tonight, Evan Ginsberg? Absolutely. We honored to have Jenny Santana, whose resume is so distinguished it would take an entire show to cover it all. So I'll let her fill in most of the gaps. But uh, she was trained by Sin Bodhi at, S at FSW, the Future Stars of Wrestling. She has a degree in psychobiology, a master's degree in school counseling, a second master's degree in educational leadership, and I am a lifelong educator as well. I taught, um, I taught kids for three and a half long, long years before going into adult education, where uh, I've juggled other things with that, including wrestling and film, but this is about you. So I'm impressed <laughs> with your educational background. You competed in gymnastics, artistic roller skating. I don't even know what that is. You'll have to explain that later. <laughs> Dancing, modeling, winning pageants, martial arts, and now pro wrestling with the ultimate women of wrestling. And they have a huge show May 21st at the Sahara where Sinatra and the Rat Pack once reigned supreme. Very impressive. That's May 21st, the ultimate women of wrestling. Welcome, Jenny Santana. How are you, Jenny? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. And um, since the bulk of our, we, I mean, we do arts, we do everything, but the bulk of our audience are wrestling people. Tell us about your wrestling career first. So my wrestling career is fairly new, actually. I just started training with um, Sin Bodhi, I'd say probably like maybe six months now. Um, and so it's at FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling. And he is just an amazing trainer from in the ring to um, like promo stuff and just kind of character, character building and all of that. Just he touches on everything. Uh, very athletic. When I first, the first lesson in there, I know I was like doing stuff I didn't think I was capable of even doing. So um, very interesting, great guy. Um, looks super scary, crazy clown guy, right? But has the best heart that I've seen in a long time. So I'm very lucky to be with him. I did, I did my first uh, debut match with World Pro Class. It wasn't really a wrestling match. It was kind of like a cat fight. So that was back in December. And then I had a match at FSW at like a student show. And now I'm GM of UWW, which is set to premiere next Saturday in Vegas on the Strip at Sahara, like you said. And tell us about tell us about that promotion, because that sounds like a big deal. The Sahara is major. Yeah. So it I mean, the room itself is just gorgeous. So we're so happy to be a part of that uh, casino and be, be in that room itself. But it is an all women's promotion. It focuses on empowering women. It looks at the strength, beauty of women. We have all females from the ring announcer, which is Shaw Guerrero, the late Eddie Guerrero's daughter, to um, all the wrestlers, uh, the commentary that's going to be done we have a special performance by nikki page she's been an artist and, and selling songs to disney since she was a teenager or younger i think 12 they said and so she's amazing too so just a whole bunch of women we have i think seven different languages represented so from all over the globe from everywhere just a good representation of strength and beauty everyone's super athletic the highest caliber athlete and it's going to be a great show Sounds awesome. Dr. Mike, 
Um, I've been covering the biz well for decades and decades since the '60s. Of course, uh, you know I rode with Moolah and many of her talents. So it's great having women, you know, now main eventing on TV, on on shows all over the place. Shaw Guerrero um, was developmental. Is she wrestling? I mean, I, I shot all the WOW tapes where she was ring announcing. She does a superb job. This was pre-COVID, and they just got through doing stuff in May. But is she doing any in-ring? You know, it's a shame to let those talents go to waste. She's, and, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys, uh, you know, have tons and tons of stars. We can go into who's on the card. But is Shaw, is she doing any wrestling or strictly just announcing now? She's an um, well on this show. She's strictly announcing, so I'm not sure in future shows if she would want to get in the ring. But on this show, she is just a ring announcer. Not just a ring announcer. She's going to do great and, and bring it and the energy. But she is not a wrestling on this card. And I've known Sin for decades and decades. He, I was just talking to Ev about him taking great care of uh, Jake Roberts, and he is the king of action figures, as you probably know. He can. You know, create stuff out of old action figures and make them even far better. Um, who's on the the card? Uh, are they pretty much all his trainees, or who? who uh, is it I don't, don't the think there's anyone else who's trained with him. The only local girl we have is Maserati, and she also trains at FSW. But I'm not sure if she's one of his students because since I've been there. I haven't seen her there training, so and I know she's busy, so she might come at different times. And I normally do like private lessons with Sin, so I, I'm uh, I think I might be the only one who's training with him. But uh, they're all from different different states. Everyone needs to fly in except her. So, oh, so who are you facing, and then who else is on the card? Maybe. So I am just a GM. I'm also not wrestling. Oh, I, on see. This. I see. I yeah. see. Okay. But I, I can go over the card with you. Uh, sure, we please. We have uh, Jordan Blue versus Ashley D'Ambrose. Uh, Gemma Jules versus Zeta Zhang. Our tag team match is Delilah Doom and Micah Madrid versus the Renegade Twins. Then we have Nevaeh versus Christina Von Erie. Well, oh, Christina, I've worked with her. I actually did a, a match against her uh, many years ago here. You started in California, uh, but I think she moved up uh, to like Canada or something in the last couple yeah. of years. Christina's great. I'm so glad to hear that that she's she's working uh, your show. Yeah, and I was able to meet her because she was actually on a show at FSW not that long ago. So I was able to meet her, which was really nice. Um, then the next, the next match is Miranda Elise versus Alexa Gracia. And Genocide versus Lady Tapa. And then our co-main event is Santara Garrett versus Christy Janes. And the main event is Ivelisse versus Maserati. Wow, very impressive. Yeah, Ivelisse, superb talent. Lady Tapa was a big star, along with Gail Kim for Impact and TNA. And uh, wow, that's a, a primo card. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Jenny, I would like to ask you about your martial arts background, both Evan and I have martial arts backgrounds. Evan's Tai Chi. I actually studied uh, uh, Okinawan Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, not the Brazilian kind, but the one where you get one that's more like Judo. Um, what martial arts did you study and, and how did that help you in your career in wrestling? So as a teenager, I studied karate and the guy who we trained under was an ex-Navy SEAL and kind of adopted his own karate style. So it was kind of a mix between boxing and kickboxing. And then we also did katas and I got to be a brown belt in that. 
But what I've done more recently and my passion is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And that is under coach uh, Fretzen Pachau, who trained under Osvaldo Alves. So just an amazing lineage. And it's, uh, we have judo at the school. I'm starting judo. I need to do a lot more judo. Uh, this standup is, is really good for me. But yeah, I've just been strictly Jiu-Jitsu for the past, I think, like eight years. So and what um what how do you think that that's has that helped you in what you've tried to do in wrestling or do you, do you have to learn a, a completely different set of skills in your opinion to do what you're doing in wrestling i think it's both like it's a double-edged sword any martial art is going to help you doing anything physical i think uh, just because of the athleticism the mental toughness that's involved in it being comfortable in an uncomfortable situation but then it's the reverse side I find because sometimes so I will I think I so the other side of that is when I compete in jiu-jitsu if I ever get injured or anything like that the goal is to downplay it because if you show any type of weakness or that you're injured to your opponent 100% they're going to go for that you know and so and you would too you would yeah, too that's the idea of what yeah, you're supposed so to do that's ideal yeah so then that's that's where my struggle kind of comes in. You know, many times I've been in the ring and Sen will be like, sell what hurts. And I was like, okay, you know, like I have to be reminded because, you know, I just don't want to do that. Like I want to appear as tough as I can, but then so getting a fine line between, um, you know, putting on a good show at sports entertainment. So holding everything in maybe not the best for the crowd they'll be like what's this you know in the last match i did it's a hundred percent a learning experience because i took some moves and got up faster than the person giving me them and not like to disrespect them at all that was just you know a mistake i made and something that i will definitely do better next time so are you an mma watcher i've gone to hoist and hori and gracie's dojos in Southern California and Elio, their father, you know, who brought it over from Brazil. But are you like watching USC and, and Bellator? There's quite a few really competitive females. Yeah, there are. I mean, I, we actually just had an interview with Lady Tapa and I did not know that she actually had an MMA fight with Gabby Garcia. And so that's like, it, it was so exciting for me to, you know, learn about that. And I've seen her on her Instagram feed, like hitting pads. And so, yeah, definitely I follow MMA a hundred percent, you know, watch like Ronda Rousey come up and, and forge the way for women's MMA and, you know, like Misha Tate and I'm super fans. Uh, I'm super fan of MMA and, you know, I've trained at the gym before I started training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I actually did like, um, different athletic classes at extreme couture. So I got, um, a chance to meet a lot of the people. I mean, mm -hmm. they have caliber trained trainees there so yeah any thoughts to possibly doing mma as well like if you're in vegas that's the you know vice yeah. headquarters by capital of the world i think maybe if i would have started a little bit younger um the, my stand-up probably is not the best i can't lie and so you know i don't want to get this rearranged and no. i've already gotten black eyes in jujitsu that i thought were going to last my whole life so yeah i had some like Thor hammer of a man come down with his fist on my face and I had a black eye for like two months and my coach was like you know there has black eyes that have lasted forever and I'm like oh fantastic wow. but wow. it went away we don't want that
Uh, we just had two women boxes sell out Madison Square Garden. It was wildly successful. Uh, you have Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, uh, Becky, uh, multi-million dollar contracts in WWE. Um, but there are school teachers making good money. They work 180 days a year, benefits, pension, TDA. So what would be the ideal path for you? You have, you have different options. Yeah, I mean, the security of working for the school district has been great. You know, I'm a single parent, so I was able to, I have two children, like definitely provide a great lifestyle for them on my own, working there with security, getting them insurance, things like that. But it, for me, I love working out. I love, you know, being an athlete myself. And so ideally waking up and being able to train and that getting paid for that, that being my job. That's always been the dream. So, and it's getting closer, which is super amazing. Is that go. what you'd like to do eventually? Is go to maybe uh, either WWE's developmental in Florida, or or I don't, I'm not sure who runs uh, AEW's. Well, it's it's a couple of people. It's QT Marshall and some others. Do you have any preference, or is that something that you would like to do eventually? open like I'm super green in the ring right now so I you know want to get a lot more training under my belt before I would you know even think that stuff but I mean yeah that would be great to be on a stage that large eventually um, but you know I just try to do my best every day train as much as I can and then be open to the possibilities and opportunities they've got to be the right ones and they also have to be the right timing so we shall see can you tell me the uh, women wrestlers that you admired growing up that made you want to be involved in professional wrestling? Oh, definitely like China. I mean, she was just a, a whole nother level, I think. And, and Lady Tapa said the same thing when we had that interview. Like, I always looked at her and, and I was like, oh my gosh, like just the strength and athleticism that she portrayed in the ring. You know, I mean, who wouldn't admire that? And then growing up, like, you know, switching to MMA, watching like Ronda Rousey, like I said, and then she transitioned to WWE. So, I mean, there, there's so many role models for women out there, even even some of the girls that are in our own that are on our own roster. Like Ivelisse has been a wrestler for 18 years, you know, like it's just amazing to be able to share a stage with women like that who've done it for so long, who know so much about the business and who have so much experience. So I just consider myself pretty lucky to uh, be involved with them and getting to do what I love. So. Check out uh, Eva Lee's on, uh, I'm sure you can YouTube, uh, Lucha Underground. That was a TV show on you know, uh, uh, the director's network, El Rey Network. And man, she's a badass. Um, she's done a lot of work in Puerto Rico, and I think she's had a couple of tours of Japan. Very impressive. Yeah, very impressive, yeah. Have you uh, thought maybe about doing any kind of acting work? You know, you're... I, that was my, when I was younger, that was my dream. Like I always wanted to be an actress and I um, actually had the opportunity to move to New York. Uh, there was a person who kind of looked like. Don't me. do that. Evan will tell you all about <laughs> it. Yeah. So 
there was a girl, I guess, who was around the same age. I think she was a little bit older and she looked very similar to me and she couldn't get to New York. And so the agent had me read and they loved me and they were like, we will give you everything she has. She was on a soap opera regularly, like a whole bunch of other work was lined up. And all we had to do was move there. And my mom did not move there. She had two younger children and my grandmother would not move with her because she was very religious and had to go to church every day and so um I, I still you know joke about that with my mom like you know she, she cost me a, a career but it all works out for the best I guess so yes we'll that would be awesome <laughs> where, a lot do of you live now? Where, where do you live now in Las Vegas Oh, Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, showbiz could find you. <laughs> yeah, showbiz could find you. Well, I yeah. think the date of this show coincides with the, that whole week of a bunch of companies coming in. AEW's big pay-per-view. You know, all of those guys, Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, they're all doing stuff. So that's going to be huge. People are going to descend on that, like WrestleMania week in April. Yeah, it, I think AEW, they start shows that following week. So... It's going to be a big time for pro wrestling in Las Vegas these upcoming days. Yes, big deal. Um, also, uh, I, I was curious to, to, to find out what made you feel like, especially when, when I was younger, you know, um, girls weren't supposed to get in the ring and do things that were so physical and punch each other and all of that stuff. Yeah, there were 30s, Russ. <laughs> have been badasses, May Young, May Weston. Yeah, but they weren't doing the kind of like moon salts and the kind of physical moves that guys were doing. And then guy ladies started to do the more physical moves. They, you know, fifties and forties. May Young and excuse me, May, uh, Mildred Burke and June Byers. They were hooker shooters like Lou Thez, like Billy Robinson, Carl Gotch. And that wasn't as popular as it is now. And so now you're seeing women main event. They, you know, you're seeing entire shows with women wrestling. And so what what made you feel like there was that transition that would involve you as part of it? For me, I've always been, I mean, I grew up with three older uncles. So there was never any, you know, I don't want to say I, I probably was a tomboy. Like I was dirty more than I was clean. I was always playing in dirt. We were always fighting. And so there was never kind of, which is crazy because then I, you know, was kind of like a traded around like a doll at pageants, you know? So it's been very like different sides of the spectrum, but I didn't really like that, you know, like I just wanted to get, you know, out of a stupid dress at that point and get back like making some mud pies in the backyard. So I've always been kind of, I don't want to say rough around the edges, but like rougher than uh, a girl who, you know, loves pink and stuff like that. I don't get my nails done. Like I can't stand that. And so it, it's always been kind of, um, you know, and I have a temper sometimes. So it's, it's not, it's not been a big stretch for me to get in the ring or get on the mats or anything like that. I'm going to throw this out from a uh, left field. Um, WWE just let go over a hundred wrestlers and a lot of the fans excuse it. And I say, you don't really grasp what's involved. People relocate, you know, they think they have a golden opportunity. They're pulling their significant other, their kids, you know, out of school to re to relocate. As a single mom, I mean, 
if you had an opportunity and you had to uproot your kids, that's a major life decision. So I just wanted to see your reaction to that. Yeah, and and I am fortunate that my kids are older. They're not, you know, three and five years old. So like I said, it had to be the right timing. If they were younger, you know, I don't think I would be doing this because even now, like I've been training a few months and I've been traveling more than I've traveled my entire life. As a mother, like I would have a hard time traveling with younger kids because I, you know, I wouldn't want to be away. Like I was always with them all the time. And so it's easier now because they're older, like they have their own friends. They How old are they now? My daughter's 19. My son just turned 17. And so he's graduating this year. She graduated last year. And so, you know, we are still super, super close. But I think there's a, for me, there's a difference going away and talking to my 19-year-old daughter on the phone as opposed to going away and talking to a five-year-old daughter on the phone. You know? Do they like what you're doing as a career? Do they, do they approve of it? Yeah, they, they like it. I mean, my son is a huge wrestling fan. And so he kind of makes fun of it when people are like, yeah, Jenny Santana. He's like, please, you know, like to me, I'll never be, you know, a wrestler, you know, big famous wrestler to him or anything like that. But he'll very, very always keep me humble. But uh, he, he definitely gives me some good advice on stuff. And, and my daughter is super supportive with everything. So eventually I'm going to try and get her in the ring. We'll see. But um yeah, it's it's been good so far. It, it's been a good it's a, a good thing all around. Like I haven't had any snags with with them or anything. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. And what what do you think of ageism in wrestling when Vince McMahon makes public? You know, we want all our wrestlers to be in their twenties who uh, you know start with us. And you know, to me, uh, you know, there's there's. When I when I started watching wrestling, some of the some of the wrestlers didn't peak until they were thirty five or forty, headlining yeah. Madison Square Garden. And a lot of these guys went to 50, 55, whatever, and they were still major stars. Guys like Killer Kowalski who always headlined. So I never understood the whole ageism thing. What what's your take on that? I mean, I get it. It's, you know, it's similar to any business. Some people like hiring people fresh out of college where they don't have much experience and you can train them exactly how you want them. So I get that on one side. The other side, I think you really need, you would do a disservice if you don't look at the individual because, you know, let's face it, we've all seen like fitness magazines. There are people in their 40s and 50s that could run laps around other people in their 20s, you know? So I think it kind of depends on the person. People have definitely grown athletically, you know, from the past, whereas maybe they they weren't so athletic into their 40s and 50s, and, and now they are. It just kind of depends on how well you take care of yourself. Definitely on your background, I don't think someone's going to become you know, a pro athlete, if they start training at 40, although they may, you know, but someone who has a background since they were a teen, you know, maybe that's a different story. So I think it's definitely good to look at the person individually, as opposed to kind of making a blanket statement, because you could be missing out on something amazing that could help help you both, you know. The guy in the photo behind me that I shot, that's uh, from Los Angeles from 1970. Bull Ramos was about 50-51 getting his head shaved, he lost the match to Neil Moscaris. 
I don't know if the whole photo uh, is showing that, but he was the most famous Hispanic wrestler in the U.S. Uh, prior to, you know, Rey Mysterio Jr. and others like that. But, yeah, I mean, Evan and I have seen guys almost 60, Fred Blassie, uh, who wouldn't take bumps, but he was still had all kinds of aura, you know, that thing we like seeing, could draw heat and... Uh, and all of that. One guy I'm thinking of, I'm not sure if Sinbodi trained him, uh, but he's on a lot of his cards, you know, with male and females. Funny Bone, who has like head to toe black makeup. Oh, all yeah. I don't think he's, I don't know if he's trained him. He hasn't trained there when I've been there, but I have seen a bunch of shows at FSW that he was on. Yeah, he's got like a really insane gimmick. It's almost like the one that uh, Finn Balor, uh, Prince Devitt, who Evan knows well. Uh, like I do when he does the his transformation, you know, head to toe black paint, uh, which is like really hard because it peels off. I've seen it peel off, and I give Funny Bone some S in the dressing room later. But he's a tremendous guy. I mean, Sin has trained some incredible talents. Is Jake? Is he living at Sin's place? Is Sin taking care of him uh, still, or? Oh, not that I know of. I know that he did officiate his wedding, which is which was in February. So I know that he was there. I don't know if he's living with him, though. And Jake got back with his wife, who was on 80s WWF TV, you know, the angle with Ted DiBiase and Rick Rude and all of that stuff. So Jake got back with his wife. So that's kind of a heartwarming story. He cleaned up his act. He's a big deal in AEW managing uh, that a couple of, or that main wrestler from New Japan. So it's terrific. And it was DDP and Sin Bodhi that have really helped Jake uh, stay clean and uh, become a success all over again, reborn sort of. Yeah, that is a heartwarming story. It's good to see those type of things because, I mean, in this business, you've definitely seen a lot of people who have went down the wrong path and kind of had short lives because of it so it's always good to see someone who is making the most of the time that they have and capitalizing on that so awesome buddy oh uh yeah no as uh i, I was saying i i think it, it, it might be your turn uh, evan i didn't want to step on on your line but um i wanted to to ask you jenny about about um some of the injuries that you've sustained both in martial arts and have you well, hopefully you haven't gotten hurt doing any wrestling, but are there any things that have happened to you that, you know, you try to warn other people about or, or things that you've lessons you've learned from injuries that you've gotten in the rain? Um, not nothing that I really warn anyone about. Um, I mean, kind of things like my knees aren't the best, like ever since I was a teenager, they, you know, they kind of give me trouble and I have gotten stem cells, so they've gotten better. So we'll see. So I definitely oh. am not like a super high flyer. And that's kind of me taking care of myself first, but definitely. And I'm not one to like warn someone because I almost feel like I should be able to take care of myself and not put myself in a situation that they would be able to capitalize on any injury. Um, the only major injury, and I wouldn't even say a major injury, like in a jiu-jitsu competition, I had my arm broken, and she like cracked that, cracked that right off, and it was. Was an arm bar or something? It was an arm bar, and mm. I uh, d definitely did not defend it properly, and I just kind of relaxed it, and it was okay until then. I tensed up, and you know, ru ruined that, and it like cracked a bunch of times, mm. it, like a piece of my elbow 
broke off and wow i like i had tears all the way down my arm they were like grade two and three when i got an mri and that was like seven to eight weeks later so it was pretty bad but i mean i will say i literally took like the weekend off and pretty much kept training on it so um because they never casted it because it took me so long to get the mri and um they missed like the break the first time they read the x-ray so i mean I don't did, know. <laughs> did they wow. inject the stem cells directly into the knee? Tell us a little about that. That's that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, they did. So, um, and we're actually my daughter and I, along with um, a few partners from. They have uh, a clinic in New Jersey. Dr. Caprio, his son Angelo Caprio, and um, another guy Gary and Vinny. We are partners, and we're opening up a clinic in Las Vegas. They have practices in New Jersey and Connecticut right now. So yeah, they injected them right directly into my knee. Like I've seen people, well, Dr. Caprio actually had four strokes and they injected the stem cells into his brain from his nasal cavity and it reversed all the negative side effects of the strokes. Like he was walking with canes, he could barely walk and now he doesn't use a cane. Like, so it's kind of like a miracle, I would say, you know, I've seen such good results. I was at the point where like my knee could have been bend at one point and, you know, they injected it and now like it's getting, I don't know if it's a hundred percent flexibility, but it's definitely uh, like way better. Like the pain, there is no pain anymore. And so I'm definitely building up strength on that. But like Dr. Caprio's son, he had uh bicep surgery he actually tore his bicep like off so they had surgery and then he's he actually got stem cells into it after the surgery and it healed i think he was saying he was lifting again in like a week so Hmm. yeah pretty awesome stuff (laughs) so you have you have these various paths you have the you have the clinic you have wrestling you have education um in an ideal scenario, how would you juggle all of this? How would you make all of this work? It, it sounds a little overwhelming, to be honest. I know. I, well, I love to be busy. Um, I used to go to, and I still go to hot yoga, but the one instructor would always say, a body in motion stays in motion and a body at rest stays at rest. And it's 100% true. Like, I'm way more productive when I'm just go, 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 as opposed to if I have downtime, then I kind of get a little bit lazy and enjoy that. And like, oh, put it off, procrastinate and things like that. But I have a lot of great people, you know, behind me um, helping me. My daughter is going to be a partner in there in the clinic. And so she's going to be there every day also helping to take care of it. I just got to take care of myself, you know, and do as best I can because I pretty much train two to three times a day. So in addition to work, it's just making sure I get enough rest because I think sometimes people can overtrain. And if you don't get enough rest and do the recovery, like do the massage therapy, do the cold therapy and things like that, like your body is not going to last as long as it could if you take care of it the right way. Can you share with us what your training regimen is? Yeah, so um, I lift weights because, you know, everyone wants to look good. And, and doing jujitsu is a great workout, but it doesn't, you know, form the muscles that it should sometimes, for me anyways. And so I definitely lift weights um, five times a week. And then I try to do jujitsu. It's been a little rough starting with wrestling, but usually like four four times a week for jujitsu. And then I train with Sin 
um, usually like at least twice a week. So wow. yeah. And then I try to put hot yoga in there because I definitely need to, you know, I used to be so flexible and I am, but I had taken off a long time from it. And now I started it again. It's just, it's so amazing for flexibility and like to just, you feel so like fresh and clean after, after a session. So you're like superwoman. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so I have a, I have a good question for you. You're the perfect person to ask. Obviously, I'm much older than you. I practice Tai Chi, Qigong, go to the gym, and I do DDP yoga three or four times a week. What would be a good combination of all of these? Because I'm always conflicted on the scheduling and uh, for somebody older, you know, the, the, the wrestlers, the wrestlers are always telling me do lighter weights, more repetition, you know, less wear and tear as you get older. But I'm as somebody as active, you know, I'm, I'm asking you as well. Yeah, I think that is, and I think there's a lot of research that supports that. Well, as you get older, you know, it's better to drop the weight a little bit and, and hire the rep because, right. you know, you're not sometimes, you know, even me, like I can, you know, have days where I'm like, my ego kind of takes over and I'll grab weights that I probably should have left on the rack, you know, right, and I'll right. feel it the next day. But um, at this point, you know, as you get older, I think it's more about health and you want to look good, but you also want to be healthy inside because we've all seen the people who look fantastic on the outside and their insides are horrible. You know, they're not healthy. They're not healthy at all. And so is that really benefiting them to look super shredded, but you know, they're wow. a second away from passing out. I don't know. I probably Dropping dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's all about health and how you feel. So if you can wake up and do that yoga and then you have enough energy to do another session, I think that's great. And listen to your body. If, if some days you're more tired, you know, even, even food, like when you're hungry, if you learn to eat when you're hungry and what are you actually hungry for? They did studies when they let kids um, actually pick their own diet. And as a child, they would actually pick all the nutrients they needed based on what they were hungry for if they were allowed to pick it themselves. So I think kind of adults need to go back to that sometimes. And instead of eating just to eat, how many people like sit in front of the TV and they have to be eating something just because they're used to that. Right. And, you know, I used to be one of those people. And so like trying to retrain your brain to, okay, now I'm hungry. And what am I hungry for? And usually the things you're hungry for are what your body is lacking and what nutrients you need. Interesting. I'll, I'll tell you an interesting study. I'll give you the 30 second version. They said that Tai Chi, yoga, meditation, and prayer have very similar results on, on the brain and on your body. Interesting, right? Yeah, I think meditation is, is super important, like to quiet your mind. And, and those are all, I mean, they're all related. Like what, what is prayer? Prayer is just, you know, a form of meditation, I think, based, based on your religion. So I can definitely see those all being related and, and proving a similar effect on your brain. And sure. Tai Chi is basically a moving meditation and a yeah. martial arts. So, yeah, it's a uh, release endorphins, all four of those things you mentioned. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let me ask really quick. Um, wrestling photography put me through dental school, but Evan said you have a degree. Is it psych biology? I've yeah. Not, so my my undergrad my undergrad is in psychobiology, and that was uh, kind of uh, my school's version of a double major in psychology and biology. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. 
Um, I was going to ask, uh, if you could have a match, any ma- a match against anybody in history, who would it be and, and why, why would you choose that person as an opponent? So I think that I've been asked that numerous times, and I think that I usually always go with Charlotte Flair just because, you know, that's probably the Mount Rushmore. She has done so much in women's wrestling. She's an amazing athlete. But then we also have, like, the second-generation thing going. Um, she's been in pro wrestling more, but I've been in jiu-jitsu more. And so I don't know if it would be a close matchup, but it would sure be a fun one. <laughs> or... I'm, I'm sorry, what, what what do you think of uh, Ronda Rousey's style as a pro wrestler? Do you think it works? Does it flow? Is it a little awkward? Um, what's your take on, on, on her? I think it's, I mean, I, I it works. She's one of the highest paid, you know, female wrestlers. So who's to say that, who's anyone to say it doesn't work when she's, you know, making an amazing living that the internet community the internet wrestling community is yeah because look at Shayna baser you know she's had ups downs luckily she's on an upswing now teaming with natty neidhart but she's every bit i mean she's been part of Rhonda's camp and they've misused her quite a bit and not portrayed her as you know this killer machine uh you know at least and, and ronda has got the strap now you know well Charlotte Flair is taking time off to get married and stuff like that to Manny Andrade. So um, how about uh, Shayna Baszler? Because, I mean, she's just an amazing, um, you know, maybe not as well known as Rhonda, but she's also amazing. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with her, actually. So I'm going to have to Google her. She's part of Ronda Rousey's Four Horsewomen. Uh, One of them is started up with the opposition. Uh, group AEW, but they all came up in uh, NXT or Finesse, uh, and Shayna is like Ronda's best friend, and I, I think Shayna was on undercards of uh, Ronda's uh, Bellator, well, it was called like uh, Strike Force when she was working for Coker, Scott Coker, before she went to UFC, but she did some undercards for Ronda, uh, with Ronda in UFC, as well as uh, Strike Force and Elite XC. I will say professional wrestling is um, a hard sport just because even if you're an amazing athlete, if you don't get that crowd buy-in and that emotional response from them, like sometimes you fall short where your athleticism maybe is better than someone else, but someone else who gets that crowd response is going to do better than you. And Rhonda came from MMA where she was so well-known and had – you know, people who loved and hated her, and there was so much strong emotion around her to begin with, you know, that was kind of a no-brainer to put her in because, you know, it was already there. Like, that response was already there. So it was easy to to make her become as big as, as big as she had. Has, so. We were expecting that kind of career with Gina Carano, who, you know, instead she didn't... If you know who, who she is, she was the Ronda. I do. Yeah, she was like the first one. She used to be crushed on uh, um, American Gladiator. She's a gorgeous girl. Um, but, she, you know, now she does movies. And so maybe that's her passion. And, yeah, yeah. and she had her time for MMA and kind of maybe, you know, everything comes in its own time. But also what you're passionate about, like especially an MMA fighter, like if they lose that passion, it's really dangerous. And, you know, I'm not saying that's what happened with her. I don't know why her career ended. Maybe, maybe she, she left after she main evented the first all women's 
main event uh, for UFC's competitor at the time that they bought out, Strikeforce, against a uh, female who's still killing it, Chris Cyborg, who lives a couple blocks from me. Yeah. And I see her at her dojo all the time here in Huntington Beach, California. But uh, she lost to Chris Cyborg and went in the, and did those movies with, uh, I think she was in the Expendables, one of those Expendables. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Florian for quite a while and got into some verbal trouble. But she was a big, huge star on The Mandalorian, the, the Disney Star Wars uh, yeah. Show. I mean, I think you have to have that. Maybe she lost the passion for fighting. I mean, if you do, it's it's a dangerous sport. And so, um, I don't know. And, and maybe she had trained enough. You know, sometimes your body can just kind of give out. I think everyone's everyone's different. But, you know, everyone only has so many concussions and knockouts they can take. And some people have harder skulls and they can get hit and they'll be fine. And some people, you know, get tapped and they're on the ground passed out. So, I mean, I don't know exactly why, but she's, you know, killing it in the movies. And her I don't think her popularity has faded one bit, but she just took a different path. But the, the longevity is a lot less in MMA legit, you know, as opposed to work pro wrestling where you can go on and on and, and hopefully protect, uh, you know, depending on the story, right, get protected and have a, a longer career, much longer career. Although, you know, we've seen oh, yeah. folks like Lita, a lot of people were hoping she would have had, I mean, she had a great, incredible career for a long period of time, uh, but you know, not as long as, say, a Moolah or, uh, you know, many others, uh, Medusa, for example, who I think worked in three, almost, uh, almost four decades. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I learned when I stepped in the wrestling ring was your goal is to, you know, protect yourself and your partner and probably keep your partner safer than you <laughs> from, you know, in my perspective and you step in an MMA ring and your goal is to knock someone out. So, I mean, just the, the mindset of it, would make a hundred percent that the longevity of pro wrestling should be way more than someone who is, you know, poss possibly getting a concussion every time they step in the ring, you know, like, you know, you sometimes the bumps hurt. I'm not going to lie. Like you're falling on wood. Um, it's basically wood with this tiny little mat. And so it's, it's not the most comfortable, but it's definitely not probably the same as, getting your lights turned out so yeah body eventually gets calcium i was going to ask you too uh is is the show going to be streamed can people that aren't coming to vegas pay to watch it yeah it's actually through um fight Whoa. no that's the big one yeah f-i-t-e fight tv um let me see i don't want to get it wrong but yes it's 9.95 it's going to be a pay-per-view that's a bargain with today's pay-per-view prices. Some, you know, you know, boxing can get to be seventy-five, a hundred dollars. So ten, nine ninety-five is a total bargain for a big show. I want to say title match. Yeah, title match network. It's on stream it for nine ninety-five, and yeah, it is very, it's very affordable. We want everyone that can't come to Vegas to check it out and then, you know, follow along with the storylines once they get hooked. I'm sure they will definitely want to see the next few shows coming up, and so. Um, yeah, we just want to make it affordable and it's our first one. And so we'll see. Does the, future, does the uh, future stars of wrestling, they have a website where they can, where people could see other matches that you guys so, put on? Yeah. So future stars of wrestling actually has their own channel where you can subscribe to it and you can see all their shows as well. Okay. 
So great, yeah. We're, we're, and they do a really good job streaming, and their production is is really high level. So, I also was curious what other shows or um, uh, what other like things about wrestling do you watch or do you try to stay stay away from all of it because it's such a big part yeah. of your life otherwise. So I tend to watch, especially since training with Sin, um, he will give me homework matches to watch and go home and watch them over and over and over again to kind of learn. And so it could be a move we're working on. It could be selling things properly. It could be um, how to be a face and uh, portray that properly, how to take take heat if you're a face, how to kind of power up and things like that. We've watched matches. I mean, we went all the way back to black and white matches that wow. you know, had really, really valuable stuff. And he's so knowledgeable. Like, he's so knowledgeable. So, like, anytime he sees something that could potentially help me, he has a match, like, on the top of his head where he'll, like, I'll send you this match and watch it, and then we'll kind of break it apart and analyze it, which is um, – really valuable so not only like in the ring stuff but also the mental stuff and kind of like school almost <laughs> i'm gonna more like contemporary shows like a, a show like heels perhaps or you know uh maybe the young rock or or other shows like I that you watch, watch all japan women i got it was good to say i, I had a lot of japan tours i got to shoot that the japanese women's wrestling i'll email sin yeah. Uh, he's had he exposed you to some of that because that is, they work harder than the guys. It's really athletic. All yeah, that would be many, awesome. Many women's promotions in Japan. Right now, stardom is the big one. They're the ones sending, that's where WWE and AEW are getting their Japanese women wrestling. And they're uh, like Asuka, for example, they're really incredible. I, I have yeah. one, I have one final question. Okay. Okay. Your, your kids come to you and go, Mom, I want to be a pro wrestler or I want to be an MMA, MMA fighter. Knowing the good, bad, and ugly of all of it, what would you say to them? Like, you better start training, first of all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, my son actually started jujitsu before I did. And that's, I was like, dude, I want to be doing this, you know? And he was great at it. And then, kind of lost interest as he got older and I'm always, you know, kind of nagging him to get back into doing it. I love the martial arts. I love the physicality of it. So I would love for that to be a part of my children's life as well. My daughter was a gymnast, you know, she was level 10 preparing for the Olympics until she had a very bad accident and, and couldn't do it anymore. But now, you know, I'm trying to talk her into, um, martial arts and jujitsu and she's kind of like on the fence where it's jujitsu is super touchy-feely and so for you know someone who's younger and she's not like exactly comfortable with that yet it's, it's kind of a, a stretch and then my son is so into like football and things like that right now I'm, I'm trying to get him back in it but we'll see if that happens but I would love I would love that like I would love when uh, my son's name is Austin, I had him training with me a few times, and he he thinks he won, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> now he towers over me, so he still wouldn't win though. But it was fun; like it's fun to have something like that that you can do as a family. I think that you know, the more things you can do together, it just bonds you closer, and so that's a really good opportunity for people. I know a lot of family who their parents train and then they train as families and it's, it's a really great thing. Nice. Nice. Buddy. 
So uh, uh, go ahead and and tell us a little bit more about you know how fans could get in touch both with you and with uh, 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 future stars of wrestling. Um, what's their website and 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 how can people and get in touch and, and UWW and anything you want to plug. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Future Stars of Wrestling is a great school. If you're interested in pro wrestling, it is an amazing place. There are so many good trainers. Um, Cutthroat Cody is one of the trainers I did classes with. And and everyone's different. Like, D'Lo Brown was there. When they're there, they're helping you out. He's helped me on the back end of a class with Sin one time. And so just the amount of talent that's in that place and the amount of variety that you can pick up you can learn something from, you can learn so much from all of them. So it's a great place. If you're ever interested in training pro wrestling, definitely check it out. It, I love it there. You know, it's a great environment. Everyone's super helpful. Perfect. Uh, then UWW, I mean, follow us on Instagram. It's UWW fed. Definitely. The tickets are still on sale. The show is Saturday, May 21st at 8 PM at the Sahara. If you cannot go there, please, Title Match Network will have you, and you will see me commentating and see all the great matches for $9.95 or $9.99. I forget which one it is. And we have tons of merchandise for sale, so you can get links to tickets on the Sahara. You can get links to the store on our Instagram page. And then me, um, if you have a Facebook, I am on the miss muscle and fitness challenge if you want to vote for me um every day there's like a free daily vote knock yourself out that'd be great but you can follow my instagram it's jenny underscore santana underscore and then also twitter same thing jenny underscore santana underscore i'm trying to get better at twitter so instagram is definitely the platform that i use more so definitely check that one out and you have to only have two underscores after Santana because I must have like done something right that someone now decided to make a fake account trying to sell like porn to people with three underscores under Santana. Don't click it. It'll give you a virus. It's not me. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. The multi-talented Jenny Santana. Thank you so much. It was thank great. You having so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, we have a couple of extra minutes to to pad out so we can... Let uh, me, let me uh, say some stuff. We're still on the air, by the way. I got you. I got you. Uh, two guys that we love, uh, Billy Anderson and Virgil, uh, who was Soul Train Jones when he started out in Memphis, they both have uh, GoFundMe accounts. Uh, Virgil uh, was just diagnosed with colon cancer as well as uh, early dementia. Wow. Bill Anderson has some heart things. So uh, if you can, please go and help uh, support them because neither guy can afford all the medical treatment they need. Big Time Memories is in their third season of documentaries, state-of-the-art graphics, and they're opening up with something called My Breakfast with Andre the Giant. So all kinds of cool stuff, free, you know, usually about 50 minutes, these documentaries. There are three great new books out on wrestling. One on George Gordienko by Stephen Verrier, Earl Maynard, Mr. Universe Maynard, who's a huge star Russ in San Francisco, of course, in Los yeah, Angeles. How come we can get him on the show? I'd love to get him on the show. Well, he was tag champs with Rocky Johnson, with Earl Maynard, Thunderbolt Patterson. Call him up. Call him up. Sold in the 60s for Vince McMahon Sr., one of the few. So I suggest it to the few people I know behind the scenes there in archives, et cetera. 
to consider him and Dory Dixon, because the only other guy, to my knowledge, still alive who wrestled in the 60s, well, two of them, uh, Johnny Rods and Bill Watts, have already been put in their Hall of Fame, but not these two. We uh, just had Mike Pappas on last week. I'm sure he was in the late 60s. I suggested him, because he started, it was late 1970 when he was doing TV for Vince Sr. for Tri-WF. But another book, so Earl Maynard's got his brand new book, Earl Mr. Universe Maynard, because he was bodybuilder, trained with Schwarzenegger and uh, some of the other big ones and uh, helped Billy Graham quite a bit. So he's got a book. And then there's uh, Brian Solomon's book on the Sheik. You remember, Ev, I tried, you know, Sheik's uh, widow, Joyce, asked me to, to write it with her. And I I just couldn't couldn't get it together and I wasn't getting much, you know, she was always busy and in ill health, but he did a fantastic job. That's out now. It's a paperback, not a hardbound from ECW press on the original fireball throwing chic, Ed Farhut, total, total legend. And, uh, Ev, how about your thoughts on the, the chic? Because, uh, they even mentioned him on the uh, rampage the other night, Taz and Chris Jericho. They were talking about Chris Jericho's fireball. I'll tell you a funny Sheik story, and you you might have been there when um, Joe Goodhart was yep. booking him. Yeah, Joe Goodhart was booking him in the uh, early '90s, and he was no kid at the time. The Sheik. He walked into the dressing room, and I was in the dressing room with a bunch of the journalists, and the whole place went silent. It was like the guy had such an aura about him. It's like the whole conversation just stopped as he walked in, like, oh, my God, that's the Sheik. And, and the, the average wrestler doesn't have that effect on jaded, old-school wrestling fans and journalists. And also, what I noticed, and I saw the Sheik wrestle Abdullah twice and Kevin Sullivan for Joe Goodhart over, over a span of a couple of months, and the fans who were like the hardest hardcore fans, they were legitimately scared of the sheep when he walked down the aisle. They had like fear in their eyes because the persona was, was so powerful. And um, yeah, it was, it was wild. And, and another funny Sheik story, he came to a Resi's convention and he was signing autographs, which was, you know, kind of bizarre. There's the Sheik signing autographs. And the fans had like the same, you know, like, oh, my God, like they didn't know what to say or do. Like, thank you, sir. Thank you. Like, I didn't go to that one. Was he talking back to them or did he stay? No, he was, he was just signing. So he was kind of in character, but he wasn't. He was signing autographs. Now, so, you know, I managed him on the Scazzari shows. Yeah. We drove uh, in his famous Cadillac, his 70s Cadillac, El Dorado. But he had Sabu, to, no one knew who he was. This was for the very last Joel Goodhart show. You were there with me, and it was him in the cage with Abby. But we drove, he had Sabu drive this car all the way. I flew to Detroit and then rode with them all the way up to, uh, to Philly. And when we got to the dressing room, so this is another dressing room story with the Sheik. And uh, when he came in, Kevin Sullivan, Terry Funk, Mick Foley, Eddie Gilbert, Medusa, Luna Vachon, uh, and, and others were doing the We're Not Worthy. They were exactly. doing Exactly, yeah, yeah. We had the loose molar tooth, number 14, and it was so loose, he had me remove it in the dressing room. You know, wow. it was real easy to do. I had a crash kit, 
uh, <laughs> gloves and cigars uh, before the main event with Adam. Never travels without his dental equipment. <laughs> I didn't. I you didn't have a camera that. and you have your dental equipment, no matter where you go. You, know what? you didn't tell me about it earlier, but uh, and a last funny story: we're on the road, and uh, no, this is the Scazzari thing. And we're driving from Jersey to Lowell, Mass, to that venue for the TV. And we stopped somewhere, and it was like ice cold, but it was sunny. And he gets out there in you know, just his his underpants. You know, we're in a, no one's around us at all. I mean, it's like a huge parking lot, an empty parking lot. But he has those like sun tanning mirrors, and you know he wanted to get his tan ready for the show. And he started to shave his legs dry just with a dry blade. And I go, I have never seen that before. And I'm just going, ouch, ouch. You know, his underarms and his legs and his chest with a dry blade. And it's like, I don't know what it is, 50 degrees or something. And I go, <laughs> this is the craziest thing. If I write a book someday, I want to talk about. And lastly, too, you remember, there was a lot of stuff going down at that you know, convention. Gordon was trying to do his best to try to get a promotion going. The but, AWF house, the AWF TV tapings, and uh, to improve morale, um, that morning she picks up the check for I don't know sixty people for breakfast, and he goes to me, Mike, tell Meltzer that I, I paid the tab for this because he's always writing, you know, what a cheap skate promoter I was in the seventies and blah blah blah, and he wasn't. He picked up the tab made sure everybody was taken care of, had all you know the beverages, OJ, everything they wanted. And he was a really, uh, I say he and Killer Kowalski, greatest heels, and the Sheik was a phenomenal, he was incredible. And if you asked him about his grandkids, you know, he would melt. So quite a bit different from the guy I took pictures of in the 70s, people going crazy, running away. Like I told you, uh, he hit, accidentally hit uh, in a riot in Japan, some Japanese fan, and she says in Japanese, oh, I'll never wash my neck again. Wow, wow. <laughs> and speaking of Gordon, Slam Wrestling just a few weeks ago interviewed me for a story about Gordon Scazzari and the AWF. And I said, I, I forget the writer's name, nice enough guy. I referred him to you because I- Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I said to the guy, listen, um, you know, I do not want to do a hatchet job on him. Uh, he was a good friend of mine. I was at his memorial, and I just spoke from the heart because basically pro wrestling destroyed the guy. I mean, I told I told the guy, too, because I did the interview, and then I didn't feel comfortable about it. And I go, I just, just yank it. I told Greg Oliver, yank it. But I referred him to you. I thought you probably do a better job. And I said... The only guy looking in on Gordon was Evan Ginsburg. Evan Ginsburg's looking in on him, you know, towards the Gordon, end. Gordon had cancer when he was young. And then uh, the chemo blew out his kidneys and he had kidney problems the rest of his life. And uh, he would be in the hospital 20 to 30 times a year. No exaggeration. In and out of the hospital. I'd go visit him. And the last time he went in the hospital, it happened so regularly, I didn't think twice of it. And, and the next thing you know, he's dead at 40. So the guy, he, he was living in a welfare hotel. It was really a tragic story. He burned through so much money failing at pro wrestling. And well, uh, the guys took advantage of him. You remember Nikita Koloff. I'll come out and say this. Uh, 
didn't Gordon brought him in. He was supposed to wrestle Paul Orndorff as the heel for the AWF, you know, this newly created title. And he didn't even tell Gordon. He, he got his money up front, flew up there. And when he got there, he said, oh, I, I was injured. I, I can't even wrestle in the main event, as opposed to maybe telling the guy, well, you know, because he knew weeks in advance he wasn't going to be able to wrestle. You know, so there was, and I'm not throwing fault at him, but, you know, maybe could have handled that better and, and let Gordon know, hey, I'm not going to be able. And he had to scramble. And he threw Stan Lane as the heel in the finals against uh, Orndorff. But, you know, there were other wrestlers I won't name who really took advantage of Gordon. And um, he had a good heart. You know, he tried his best. It certainly wasn't his fault. But, he, you know, he was probably in stress. His parents dying. Didn't they die in a car accident? They left whatever they left. Hundred grand or more, and he really. I wish he would have finished. Then he was just shy of finishing his law degree. I wish he would have finished yeah, that. Yeah, he, he he was a, a law librarian. The the parents died when he was young, and then the aunt died and left them another inheritance. And wrestling basically ate up all his money eventually. And uh, it was. Uh, and he used to say, I just wanted to treat the boys right. I just wanted to treat them like human beings. So he, he isn't the guy that should be demonized, you know? No, no, no. He, hey, he had a wealth of talent. You know, Bob Orton Jr., both Kamalas, Adrian Street and Linda, uh, Mike Sharp, Iron Mike oh, Sharp. Well, what I said to Gordon, he booked a um, summer resort town in the dead of winter. Oh, that said, place was freezing. That was the Jersey place. I was surprised we got the crowd that we did, and uh, uh, it was I funny. Said, I said to Gordon, "This is not this is not the place to do it in the dead of winter," you know. But he was so consumed with it all. I have I have a piece on Gordon in my book, and uh, just to update the uh, viewers, my production guy Jeff Archer, who uh, Mike knows, his wife of forty nine years just passed. And his best friend just passed, and that's the that's why there's been delays on my book. He had a brutal, brutal year, and um, but he's working on my book four hours a day now, and it will be out sometime this year. So uh, it wasn't my place to pressure him while his wife was fading no. away, unfortunately, and she was a friend of mine as well. So uh, she took good care of us when we went visit. I mean, I only went there the one time with you, but. She very nice, had us to the house. Yeah, yeah, she she was a wonderful person. So, anyway, right. well, it's yeah, it's time to wrap the show up. Another fast hour in the books, and and we'll have a very special guest on next week. So, we'll see everyone next week. Thank you very much. Good night, everyone. Good night, you guys. <laughs>